Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. Hey, everybody glad you're here. If you're here for the first time or the first time in a long time, we're delighted that God has brought you. Isn't he good? And I I repeatedly try to say, speak into your life the truth, the fact that you are great. Because God says you're great. And he has promised to do great things through your life. He has destined you to do greatly. Now what prohibits us at times from achieving greatly in life, I mean in our relationships, I mean even emotionally, mentally, in our finances, are the battles of life. If you're breathing, you go through life battles. Now, a better life is worth the fight. A better relationship is worth the fight. A better relationship with Jesus is worth the fight. But life is about battles. Over the last month, we've talked about getting battle ready. And um, as your church, we want to help you in every way we can. And we know one common battle in this area is in our finances. Uh, Living paycheck to paycheck is a hard battle. Being buried in debt is a hard battle. So in one month, we are hosting Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And I cannot talk with more passion or enthusiasm. I'll beg you to be a part of this opportunity. Because when Deb and I, my wife Debbie, if you don't know me, uh, we've been married for 45 years. Um, In fact, we're going to wake up tomorrow morning in Kearney, Nebraska, and then the next morning in the highest town in the U.S., Leadville, Colorado, and I ain't doing nothing for a week. Um, but we're, we're celebrating our anniversary, but you know, much of our marriage was difficult and challenging, and I take responsibility, one, for sometimes being a, a lot of times being a jerk, and two, for just being screwed up in my head about money. But we took that course, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and though we had a mortgage, a second mortgage, two car payments, and a credit credit card debt, we got completely out of debt in three years. And man, that's what I want uh, for you. And so this is a a part of how our church wants to come alongside you and help you. There's an item on the back page of your brochure that you got today that details um, how to get info on that class those classes coming up in one month. Would you pray with me right now? Father, we, we've, we've come to this place to hear from you. We need to have you speak hope, life, love, peace, joy into our lives. We've tried to crack our hearts open with worship, singing to you. Because we know when we sing, you come and take residence in our midst. And so as you are here and present in power, would you please, would you please, oh God, in the name of Jesus, according to your holy word and in the power of the Holy Spirit, speak into our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one thing I've seen, I'm um, 67 years old. 
Um, and one of the things I picked up on is that there's a reason people continually lose in different areas of their life. Sometimes we can find ourselves losing in all areas. And sometimes it's not our fault. Sometimes it's somebody else's fault. Sometimes it's just life, but we put a big ugly L up in the lost common column when God really has designed us with the capacity to put a W up time after time after time after time. And often we lose uh, emotional battles and relational battles and parenting battles and, and financial battles and because we don't even know we're in a battle. Or we just see what's on the surface, the problem in our finances or the problem in our marriage. Or we find out we've got cancer. Cancer is not the battle. The real battle happens beneath the surface where Satan is at work. Now, I'll just be real. I believe in Satan because Jesus believed and taught extensively about the evil one and his effort to lie to you, scheme and deceive you, steal from you all the stuff that money cannot buy like peace and joy and hope, love. Well, I'm just going to give you up front three big ideas for today. Here's big idea number one. You won't win a battle if you don't even know you're in a battle. The battle is not what's going on on the surface that feels so painful and unpleasant. The, the battle is really beneath the surface. And if you can win the battle beneath the surface, you will kick butt on the battles above the surface. I hope that this is not being recorded because my mom don't like for me to say but in church. Um, big idea number two, you have to declare war on the person you don't want to be anymore so that God is free to create his best version of you. God has this plan, and it's, and it's not to make you rich or to get you a new house or a certain kind of car. God has a plan to cause you to flourish in the likeness of his son, Jesus. And we just got to say, I'm not going to be that angry person anymore. I'm, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to defeat that selfish person, that, that afraid person, that worrisome person, that anxiety-ridden person. I'm going to set God free to do his best work in my life and create his best version of me. Here's big idea number three. Winning life's battles is always possible when you keep moving forward in your faith. And the faith part is absolutely non-negotiable. It is an utter essential. It's the only way that we are able. I mean, when life hammers us, it's easy. We, we suffer the loss of a loved one, and it, it's a setback. Or, or we suffer a financial reversal unexpectedly, and it knocks us off track. We lose our job think we're going to lose our minds, and we find ourselves losing ground in life. And we just don't just go backwards. We go deeper into the pit of despair. The secret power that faith gives you and me is that helps us to not just stand firm when life hammers us, but to keep moving forward. We find out that we've got stage four cancer. But we don't slow down. We don't stop. We don't back up. We keep pressing forward. Here's what the Word of God says. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now, last week I mentioned I had a shield up here, talked to you about the shield of faith, but I wanted to go deeper. A Roman shield in the day of the Apostle Paul who wrote this sentence, a Roman shield was huge. They called it a scutum. And it was as, it was, it was as big as a door and bigger than the soldier that held it. Um, I think I got a picture. There it is. 
Looks a lot like that. It was made of very sturdy wood. It was wrapped in leather. And before a battle, that leather was saturated in water. In fact, even during the battle, there would be those who were responsible to bring water to the troops so they could again saturate their shield with water. So when flaming arrows, when fiery arrows were shot at them, their saturated shield would extinguish the arrow, the arrows, so that those shields were the first line of defense. And your faith is the same way. Bad things happen to you. I face painful impossibilities. But when I keep that shield of faith in front of my mind, in front of my heart, I can handle anything life throws at me because it's not me who's handling it. It's the faith I have in a good God who is ever at work in my behalf. Our faith absorbs the blows so we can keep moving. This is the other important thing. Those shields were not just defensive elements. They were offensive. Those soldiers would move in a line and push forward using those shields like as battering rams. That's what your faith will do. You find out you have cancer. You find out that you lost a loved one. You find out that you lost your job. You find out that uh, your, your, your spouse is leaving you. You found out that you've been betrayed, that, that you're being rejected. And you just keep pressing forward, taking new ground. You lace them up and you bring your A game and you just keep pushing forward. And that's what faith does. But faith is not believing in God. That's just intellectual agreement. Faith is believing God. When God speaks it in his word, and there are thousands of promises, you believe that right now, no matter what happens to you, what things appear that God is at work to your good, that your God says of himself, he is able to do immeasurably, abundantly, exceedingly more than all you can ask, and I can ask for a lot, than all you can imagine, and you can dream a lot. God says, I'll do more. That ain't nothing. I got it in me to do more than you can ask or imagine according to my power in you. That's your faith guarding your heart and mind, not just so that you can take the body blow, And it bounces off, and you don't bounce back. You keep moving forward, but also so you can keep taking ground in life, that you even leverage those blows so that you make progress in your marriage, you make progress in your finances, and make progress in your feelings. So I've given you three big ideas. Let me give you a hard truth. Satan wants to destroy, wants to rip that faith out of your hands and that shield away from your heart and mind. Satan wants to destroy your faith. Why? So you can join him in his destruction. Scripture says that he is absolutely enraged right now because he knows his time is short and he is destined for hell. And he wants to take as many people as he can with him. And he does that by destroying faith in the individual, in the heart, in the home, in the marriage. That's hard truth number one. Just being real, Satan is real. So the apostle Paul continues to write. He says, stay alert. Keep your head on a swivel. Be constantly conscious that evil is coming against you. Now, it's not like a guy with red horns and a forked tongue and a big long tail uh, wearing a red suit. He is more subtle. He lies to you. I mean, if you find yourself being afraid, that's you believing Satan's lies. 
If you find yourself doubting that you believe in Satan's lie. If you find yourself worrying that you believe in Satan's lies. If you find yourself anxious that you believe in Satan's lies. Better to believe the truth. Better to believe God and what he says in his words. And then you have peace. And then you have hope. And then you have joy. And then you have love. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Your mother-in-law is not your great enemy. Other people are not your enemy. Your crazy boss at work is not your enemy. Your enemy is the evil one, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring, the word means intimidating, lion. He really can't hurt you. All he can do is blow smoke and try to get you to doubt, be afraid, lose your trust in the good God, start to worry, be anxiety-ridden, suffer panic. That's what he does. If he can get you to believe his lies, he will lie to steal your joy. He is a murderer who wants to kill your peace, destroy your relationships. He's looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Because if you get strong in your faith, you'll get strong in your finances. Get strong in your faith, you'll develop emotional strength and mental strength. You'll get strong in your relationships when your focus is being strong in your faith. Okay, here's hard truth number two. To keep moving forward in your faith, you have to go on the offense. You have to take action. Maybe you've If you're a sports fan, maybe you've watched your favorite team and they're ahead, but you notice they're back on their heels. You notice that they're playing not to lose. And guess what happens when a team plays not to lose? They lose. You got to always play to win. Always play to win. It's not just about sports. You always play to win in your relationships, in your parenting. You always play to win emotionally. You always play to win in your mind. You always play to win in every aspect of your life by trusting Jesus and keeping that shield of of faith up. And so we've been talking about being battle ready. And just to get everybody on the same page, here's what battle ready means. Battle ready means when painful problems pound you and painful problems will pound you. That's life. You have to have a proactive, positive plan to keep moving forward. I'm not sick right now but I'm going to get sick and I've got to have a plan ahead of time on how I'm going to keep forward, going forward no matter what. Things are going to go wrong in my life. Maybe this afternoon at three o'clock in Denver. I hope not. But if things go wrong like they did last Thursday night in this room with between the Packers and the Bears, I know, I know, I know. But you know, you know, you know that bad things are going to happen in your life and mine. And before they happen, financial bad things, emotional bad things, marital bad things, parenting bad things. you got to have a positive, proactive plan to keep moving forward in your faith no matter what happens. Now, the Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul was a smart guy. Apostle Paul, man, he thought he had every base covered. But he, it finally occurred to him, his plans were nothing. Check it out. He says this. It's true. I'm just an ordinary, weak human being. But I don't use human plans. So that's what we say. I don't use human plans for my marriage with, with Debbie. I don't use human plans for parenting my children. 
I don't use human plans for serving you as the church. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm an ordinary, weak human being, but I don't use human plans and methods to win my battles. I use God's mighty weapons, not those made by men. I use God's mighty weapons to knock down the places in my life where the devil has a strong hold on my life. Now, Scripture says, this same guy that wrote this wrote, don't let the sun go down on your anger. You could say worry. You could say fear. You could say doubt. You could say anxiety. You could say any negative emotion. The text goes on to say, don't let the sun go down on your anger for it gives the devil a foothold. Now, that word foothold is a military term. It means a position, a strategic position from, from which to launch attack. When we stay negative, when we stay afraid, when we stay worried, it gives Satan the capacity to take more of our thoughts and our feelings. Let me break this down and explain it in a way that helps me. Now, how many people do we have here who don't really give a rip about sports? Okay. You'll, you'll pick up. Now, the Apostle Paul used sports analogy. I'm going to use them, and, uh, and you'll get it. But maybe you'll get this. When I was a kid, like in third grade, uh, I played bitty basketball. And uh, have you ever coached third graders in basketball? It's like a bunch of ants running this way, a bunch of ants running at this. I was a good ant. Got my name in the paper. Little write-up on Davy Clark, scrappy uh, defensive player, whatever. I shot my free throws like this. <laughs> Missed them anyway. After third grade, everybody else grew. I didn't. After third grade, they got stronger. I didn't. I still got a third grader's body right here, right now. <laughs> no, I, I, I never, after, after that point, I never got my name in the paper. Never an article about me. I was not big enough. I was not fast enough. I was not strong enough. I was not athletic enough. I never got to play on the kind of high school ball team I wanted to. My favorite sport was football, and they had my picture with a red X through it and a circle around it. <laughs> the only sport I lettered in in high school was tennis, and you'll see by this picture why I never made it in any other sport. <laughs> yeah. Look at those legs. Okay, but when I couldn't play sports, I became a sports nerd. I grew up with Colts. Am I getting that right, Ray? Okay, um, I like Joe Namath. And those two teams are going to meet in the Super Bowl. And you know what my dad would say to him? It doesn't really matter. That guy's a young guy, talks a good game. It's not about who's the best quarterback. It's about which team has the best defense. Great defenses win championships. The best offense is a great defense. But you know what I figured out last Thursday night? Packers had a great defense. The Bears had a great defense. But Aaron Rodgers put more points on the board. I don't know why God makes me say this stuff. No, my point is the team with the most points on the board wins. Like every time. So I'm saying in real life, whether you understand sports or not, whether you like sports or not, offense, that leads to a great, it's a great offense that wins championships. That's what wins, a great offense. So as I've studied great offensive players, 
Here are some attributes I see in them that helps me win the battles that I face in my life, and I want to have help you. Number one, great offensive players spend a ton of time in the film room. Now, if you're unfamiliar, even my daughter, Lovia, now is uh, 21, but when she played ball in high school, they had game films. Even in high school, they would look at the opposing team. And so these great offensive players, they study film. They want to see who they're going to have to go up against. What's that guy's weaknesses? What are those guys' tendencies? What's that guy's flaws? And not just to know the opponent, but to study their own work on film. So they see, what do I have tendencies? Where are my weaknesses? What are my flaws? For he may take advantage of me. And then the smart players, they're in the room with coaches because smart players know they have blind spots. Just like I do of me and my marriage. I have blind spots on what it means to be a good husband. I maybe think I'm cooking with gas, but my Debbie might have news for me. And you have blind spots in your parenting. You may think, hey, this way my mom and dad raised me. This is what I'm going to do. We all have blind spots, and we need to get fresh eyes on our lives, fresh eyes of people who know more than we do. And so for you as a Christ follower and for me as a believer in Jesus, our film room is our prayer room. And that's where, where we go before God and say, Lord, I want to know the weaknesses in Satan. I want to know his tendencies so I can whoop him. I, 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 I want to know his flaws so I can defeat him. And Lord, I want you to show me where, where I'm weak. Is it in being impatient? Is it in being selfish? Is it what, what are my tendencies when I'm tempted? What, what do I default to anger? Do I default to being a jerk? Remember, you got to want to destroy that lesser version of you. And you only find out really in prayer when you pray like this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything, anything, Lord, in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting, victorious life. I tell you, I want to live there 24-7. I want to live an everlasting, victorious life. I want victories in every aspect of my life. That's where I want to camp out. And so, Lord, show me anything that prohibits me from being victorious in my marriage, victorious in my parenting, victorious in my emotions, victorious in my finances. Show me anything that offends my relationship with you, Lord, because I want to do life 24-7, everlasting, victorious life at night. I put myself to sleep reciting in my mind the 23rd Psalm that says, the Lord is my... Yeah. Did you know the Hebrew word for shepherd shares the same root word as the Hebrew word for friend? That changes everything. He leads me beside... Yeah, I left that part, didn't I? He makes me to lie down in... Still waters, he restores my soul. I say, thank you, Jesus, for restoring my sin-ravaged soul. Thank you for giving me a new, brand new soul. And then it goes on to say, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I just, I just camp out there. I just say, Lord, 24-7, I want the, my life to be on the path to do things right, to think right, to feel right, to have a right relationship with you, to have a right relationship with my family, to have a right relationship with my church. For your sake, 
Not to have more money or a bigger house or a bigger church. I want to live 24-7 on the path of victory and doing things right for your name's sake. Next, great offensive players. And this is on either, you can be a defensive player and take the initiative and, and, and be offensive and attack the other team. But a great offensive player understands, memorizes, learns uh, the playbook. They got to know it inside and out, backwards and forwards. They got to have it up here so that when a quarterback calls a play in the huddle, they know exactly what he means and they're ready to perform. Or if the quarterback is, calls an audible, they got to know instantaneously what to do. Now, I'll tell you the truth, next week, our Ray, who has actually played professional football and knows more about what I'm talking about than I would ever, he's going to preach on the playbook, the Word of God. And he's already shared with me how deeply personal and passionate he is about this opportunity. And so not only do you want to be back to hear my good friend and brother share the Word of God, man, you got to bring your friends, family, and neighbors to hear this rock star bring Jesus uh, to people in need. Um, I thought they'd clap for you, Ray, but... <laughs> Here, here's the other thing. Great world-class offensive players expect pressure. They don't think what they're going to achieve or this game that they're involved in is going to be a walk in the park. They're anticipating that it's going to be hard. They're anticipating that this may be the biggest challenge, not just of their season, maybe of their life. And some of you are living there right now. Maybe it's where you are. It's in your emotions. But you got to expect pressurized, stressful situations. In fact, the wisdom is this. You take the stress, you take the pressure of the situation, and you leverage it to keep making progress, to keep moving forward in all aspects of your life. This is one thing that irritates me immensely about Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't complain. He doesn't moan and groan. He loves it when they blitz him. Because he is either going to scramble like a crazy man and gain significant yardage, or he is going to find that one free guy that's left open because of the blitz, and they're going to get a touchdown or a big gain. Yeah, I mean, he loves to use the lead athlete. That's possible for you and your marriage. That's possible for me and my parenting. That's possible for us and our finances and even our feelings. Pressure is real. Pressure is normal, but we leverage it to make progress and to keep pushing forward in our lives. Um, here's what Jesus says. He says, here's the deal. By trusting me, you will be unshakable, assured, deeply at peace. I mean, two people have the same problem. They both find out they have stage four cancer. One person goes into panic mode. One person goes into peace mode. One person is trusting their doctors, trusting themselves. One person is trusting Jesus. When you trust Jesus, you get deep assurance. You become unshakable. And you are deeply... I mean, life is still going to ha hammer you, but when you got that shield of faith up there, you're all good because you know this can take every blow. You're just going to keep moving forward. You're not anxiety-ridden. You're not in a panic. You're not doubting. You just keep moving forward with your faith. 
Jesus says, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've conquered the world. How my crazy brain interprets this for me is that I see myself in a football huddle. And I'm the quarterback in my dreams. But I'm in the huddle, and Jesus is in the huddle, and he reaches over, pokes me on the chest. My massive (laughs) chest. Anyway, he pokes me on the chest, and he says, hey, blitz is coming. They are going to attack you from every direction. There's 11 guys on the other side of that line who want to take your head off. But I'm going to block for you. All you got to do is follow me. You get behind me. You put your feet where my feet go. You follow me, and I clear a path. And no one and nothing is going to touch you. Hey. Isn't that the promise that Jesus gave all of us? He says, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, over all his lies, over all his schemes. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and no one and nothing will be able to harm you. That's where I want to live. Jesus, you go ahead of me. Jesus, you block for me. Jesus, you clear a path for me. Jesus, you make a way where there is no way. And to tell you the truth, that's his specialization. That's what he was commissioned by the Father to do for the Father's children. And finally, and most importantly, and I could go illustration after illustration, and somebody who knows more about what I'm saying than I do, Ray, could give you other illustrations, but I think everything flows out of this next one. World-class athletes who are always on the offensive, not back on their heels, not just playing to not to lose. Great players go on the offensive with great, and I want to say humble confidence. I'm not talking about showboating or hot dogging. I'm talking about somebody who knows who they are. And I'll tell you who you are. You are a child of God, deeply loved, highly valued. I'll tell you whose you are. You belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You got to know who you are. You get great confidence from that. You got to know whose you are. You get great. I can't tell you how transformative it was for my son, Wilkie, when we adopted him. When he was born in Haiti, not in a hospital, born under a tree. Dad wasn't even there. I mean, not for the birth. Dad wasn't ever there. His mother was murdered. Um, He was the poorest of the poor in his village, lowest of the low. His other family members treated him like a slave, about starved him to death. But when he was adopted, now he knows who he is, and he knows who he belongs to. He's our son. That changed everything everything in the way he saw and thought about himself. And the same is true for you. When you go through your day constantly reminding yourself, I am highly valued by the king of the universe. I am deeply loved by the savior of the world. I am provided for. I am protected. I belong to God. It's more than knowing who you are and whose you are. It's knowing your purpose and passion in life. Knowing your role, what you are supposed to do, if you're a 
linebacker, you don't have to play quarterback. You don't have to be a guard. You don't have to be a tackle. You just be you. And you do what you're called to do, what you're built to do, what you're trained to do, what you're skilled to do. And if you know who you are and whose you are and you're doing your purpose in life, you are unstoppable. Serious. And you can say, this is what drove the Apostle Paul to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's my relationship with him. It's not because I'm special. It's not because I have so much education or so much money or have this kind of background or that kind of background or that kind of hope or that kind of future. It's about Jesus who is in me, and he is triumphant, and he is unstoppable, and he gives his victory to me and to you and to all that surrender to him. See, here's the deal. When God is on our side, with God on our side, how can we lose? No more L's. Only W's. God did not spare his own son, but gave him, Jesus, up for us all. How will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us everything we need? Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God even now praying for us. We are more than conquerors through Jesus, who loves us. And you know how he loves you? Yeah. I mean... Isn't that invigorating? Doesn't that electrify your soul sometimes as I'm going around greeting you, telling you that you're great? You ask me to pray for you, and I'm happy to, and I'm honored. But Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is at the right hand of God. He's got God's ear, and he's praying for you. Never forget that Jesus is praying for you. He's praying that you'll lift up that shield of faith, praying that you won't panic, you won't freak out, but you'll rest on your relationship with him. He's praying for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.